Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. There are many writers that reflect their times, their decades, and a particular place and style. Tom Wolfe, Faulkner, Norman Mailer, to name a few, each conjures up a time and place. But it's very rare that a great writer spans both places and decades. Joan Didion is that rare exception. Be it New York or California, the upheaval of the 60s, or the aging baby boomers of the present who must deal with aging, death, and grief, Joan Didion has captured it all with precision, insight, and the poet's gift of finding the world in a grain of sand. Never before has there been a documentary about Joan and her life until now, until Griffin and Annabelle Dunn have given us The Center Will Not Hold. It comes to Netflix on October 27th, and it is my pleasure to welcome actor, writer, producer, director Griffin Dunn to this program. Griffin, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. A delight to have you. First of all, tell us a little bit about how this project came about. Well, um, uh, when Blue Night was was uh, was about to come out, Jones Publishers wanted to have a uh, like a short film that would be used as promotional material for the book. So Joan had asked me if I would do it, and, and so we we shot this this short film, and, and Joan really loved the process and the community of you know the way she did with the play of uh, Broadway play of Eurometrical Thinking. She it was the same as with the short. You know, she really liked like getting in the crew van and going from location and the crew lunches and all that stuff. And so it was such a positive experience, I thought I'd push my luck and ask her if she would allow a documentary, as one has never been made about her, by her own choice. And, uh, and she said yes. And uh, from that moment, I went, oh, my God, what have I done? Um, this is everything you just described in your intro. Uh, you know, a, a woman with enormous importance in the world, and she's given me this awesome responsibility to, um, to tell her story. Uh, that many people, you know, a big audience has a very passionate and uh, personal relationship with with her books, and and so it was it was a real it was very important that I get it right, you know, and not disappoint her fans, and hopefully uh, introduce her to a new audience as well through the medium I work in, which right. is. You know, filmmaking. What was it, do you think, that, that was right about the time and the place that got her to say yes, finally, to doing this documentary? I think it was the fact, well, we're still in the blush of how much fun it was for us to work together. But I think it was also, I was the only one that knew, besides her work, I was also the only one that knew and loved the people we'd be talking about who who did not survive. And, you know, her husband John and, and daughter Quintana, uh, I was extremely close with and, and grew up with. And um, I, I think there was an element of trust to that. And uh, I don't, she's, she's a woman of few words. So, you know, I, I actually asked her um, in an email once, why did you let me make this talk? And she wrote back, because I couldn't think of a compelling reason to say no. And that is... <laughs> That is pure Jones. You know, it's not going to be. It, it, it was oblique. It's a. You know, it just. It's. It's sort of a non-answer. It's frustrating, but it's sort of funny too. But I think. I. I think without her telling me, I think it was. I happen to be a filmmaker, and I happen to know and love the people that we've lost, and we have that those people in common. Talk a little bit about the challenges that you thought about with respect to translating somebody who was whose life was a work of letters, a work of writing. 
Yeah. And, and at the same time, making it cinematic, making it powerful in the way that the film yeah. is. Well, I, that was, you know, that was always, my, my intention was always to, to, to find, which is what we did in the, in, in the short film, which was to visualize the prose and make, make your words come alive for a viewer that would be set in the, in, in the times, the historical times that she was writing about. And um, so that was always, uh, that, 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 was, that was an early concept. What was, what was um, challenging was, was what to use. Some stuff I put images to that she'd written and some very famous passages, but um, ended up, you know, at some point taking that out and replacing it with something else. And it was finding both the, the passages that would also move the story, the narrative of her own life forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I began to thinking, being afraid I didn't have enough. And, um, you know, the next challenge was, I have so much, what am I going to use? The fact that she had the experience of, of working in film, of being a screenwriter... To what extent was that helpful in her participation in this project? Well, if it was, if it could have been helpful, she certainly didn't offer any <laughs> any guidance. <laughs> she really was like, "You're the filmmaker, I'm the writer. You do your thing." And she she didn't have one note, even though I showed her I showed her cuts uh, at an earlier process than I ever would show anyone else. I was doing a doc about or a or a financer or a studio or something because I kind of wanted to, her to see what I was up to at an early stage. And if I was off base or she wanted an out, I wanted to know right now, you know, and that was not the case. But but she is all those things. She also reviewed, was a film reviewer for Vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, she loved movies. And, and in past movies I've made that I've shown her that uh, that, that are just straight-ahead narrative movies, she's enormously helpful. And I, I, she'd see the movie, and, you know, a day or so later, I would be getting these typewritten notes and thoughts. And, you know, she was a tremendous asset for me to have and as, did, a, as, as an aunt. Did she see this as kind of a capstone to her career, some kind of an ending? Uh, I, don't, I don't know that she thinks like that. You know, she's the thing that she will never, she'll never uh, uh, address certain things, most particularly in where she fits in in the world and uh, the importance that she plays, her legacy, consciousness of her image that, that, that it's had on people, you know, all the kind of like self-conscious sort of things that you and I would certainly have. Um, if she has those thoughts and feelings, she 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 will she won't express them. So I don't, I don't know if she if she has if she thought that. I can tell you this: both of us saw it on the big screen for the first time at Alice Tully Hall at the New York Film Festival, uh, where they rarely show the festival rarely shows documentary films in that in that in that theater. And we sat up in a box and watched the film together. And when it was over, they shine a spotlight on you on the box. And, and when that light hit her, people leapt up out of their seats, tears in their eyes, and they gave a 10-minute standing ovation. And whether she thought it or not, I thought proudly that I was, I was able to play a part in her being able to see the, her life's work, the, the aggregate of, of love that had accrued, you know, in the 50 years she's been writing, and that they, the people below us cheering, got a chance to actually show her how much they loved her. It was the most well-earned ovation. 
of a life lived that I've ever seen. It was it was very emotional. What new things did you learn about her? And you had obviously known her for a long time, both professionally and personally as family. What new things did you learn yeah. about her making this documentary? Well, you know, um, she's famous for writing about California and being a Westerner. And, and, and I guess I knew that on one level. But when you read all of her work, sort of, as I did in one or two sittings when, from the moment she gave me permission to make this, this doc, I could see it, it, it altered the way I talked to her and the way I see her. I really see the Western frontier kind of strength that she has. It makes sense to me why she has outlived all of them. You know, she's, she's from strong, strong stock. She might not look it, but she is indomitable. And all those sort of things... I would never have thought about, really, if I had to think outside of the box of her just being my aunt. So it kind of, it kind of, you know, certain things like why, why she's here and how she, how she, how she views her morality, how she views, you know, conducts her life, her own personal morality and her work discipline. You know, I, I see where all that comes from, and it comes from the DNA of ancestors, you know. 100 years before. Griffin Dunn, his documentary Joan Didion, The Center Will Not Hold, comes out on Netflix October 27th. I thank you so much, Griffin, for spending some time with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much.